Welcome to BakaCast. This is episode 35. I'm your host, John Hendren, and we're listening in the background here to one of Bach's chorale preludes for the organ. It happens to be BWV 661, Nun Kolm Heiden And he wrote actually several variations on this theme. It must have been uh, either musically or the text of this um, chorale was important to Bach. You're listening to James Kibbe on the organ. James Kibbe did a recording of Bach's organ works through the University of Michigan and released them online. And so uh, you can look that stuff up. I'll put it in the show notes. But it basically is a really nice collection of Bach's organ works uh, performed by James Kibbe. And the focus of this episode is actually not this piece. So let's not confuse things. Let's just take this out of the picture for just a moment. So this belongs to a collection, if you will, of what we call chorale preludes for the organ. These were uh, Bach taking uh, famous, well-known chorale tunes that have been in the church canon for, in some cases, several hundred years, and adapting them to extended um, pieces for the organ. The word prelude basically means this would um, come before something else, uh, which is, I didn't have to tell you that, but um, more than likely, you might follow it up with a piece, a cantata, that would have this chorale in it. And so this is sort of a, a theme and variations type approach. Bach used several different models to put these together. And in this one, he's treating this um, this melody that's difficult to hear. In the in this one's actually written out as a fugue. Um, and again, the translation of that uh, is "Come now, Savior of the Heathen." And he's he really likes this because he uses it multiple times. You also uh, he bases cantatas on that text. So this was uh, of personal interest to Bach. The one we're actually going to look at is not B to V 661. We're going to look at 659, which just it was chosen because it's a favorite of mine. So we're going to listen to the same performer, uh, Mr. Kibbe, perform the chorale prelude on Nun Kom der Heiden Highland, uh, BWV 659.
So I hope you enjoyed that. To me, this is a very, a very special piece. Uh, the original uh, version of this is written for basically uh, four parts. There are two parts uh, in the hands um, that you hear at the beginning, uh, two voices, if you will. And then we have the bass line, which would be played on the pedals, uh, which is sort of a walking bass. It's, it's just keeps going and going and going and on top are these slower moving parts and then we have the melody come in da, 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 da. Um, which is would be in the right hand and so very complex three parts total for the hands and then the the pedals on the feet and it is set in this sort of the idea of you have two parts of an accompaniment with a melody on top and the voicing that Mr. Kibbe has used really differentiates the different parts there. When the, when the melodic part, if you will, the top part comes in, he has a different registration. The organ, which makes it very easy to hear that on top and gives it, gives it prominence. Um, and again, you would recognize parts of that. You would likely know ahead of time what it was, so you'd know what to listen for. And it was sort of this uh, musical puzzle for an audience to sit there and uh, um, among all of the other things going on to pull out that familiar melody that you likely know just by heart, by, by being able to sing it out. What I like about this piece is it it is intimate. It is um, just find it deeply moving. And it's hard for me to describe why. Uh, part of it is the sound uh, of the 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 location, if you will, where those notes are. It has this kind of low, um, deep, dark feeling. And I think James Kibbe does a pretty good job of giving you deep and dark. Uh, the melody that comes in there, again, is is meant to sit on top. And that's the part that kind of ruins it for me. I would like another sound there. And um, so there we, we have a departure point because... Um, even though this was originally in the context of a chorale prelude for organ. And again, I gave you another example of one of those to begin with, based on the same theme, they can sound very different. Some folks have made arrangements of this piece to exploit, I think, the, the texture that Bach has written for. An independent bass line, uh, two inner voices that sort of are accompaniment, and then this idea that we have a melody part on top. And so the first one we're going to listen to is by an ensemble that I've really come to uh, admire their release. This is not an uh, early music or a you know, historically informed ensemble, but um, nevertheless, I really like their treatment of this piece. And so before I tell you too much more about it, let's just give this a listen. The same piece, BBV 659.
that not beautiful? That uh, I don't really need to mess it up by saying too many things about it. I just think it uh, was outstanding. That was Ensemble Contrast, uh, if you want to give it the, the French accent, Ensemble Contrast. Um, this, this is a rec fairly recent uh, release, 2013, um, and the title is J.S. Bach Transcriptions. Uh, their album really just kind of going all over and making arrangements of some Bach pieces for their ensemble. You heard cello, you heard violin, you heard piano. Um, and I just think they did a really good job at adapting the writing for the instruments they have, violin being on top with the melody and uh, the piano being the one playing the, the, the bass that moves and, and filling in with the right hand as well. Um, just, I think the treatment and the sensitivity to the music, um, was very well done. And, um, I can't, can't really recommend this release enough. Um, the arrangements are, uh, diverse and there are several tracks in there that are just absolute favorites of mine, including this one. So, uh, check that one out. Uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, Transcriptions, Ensemble, Contrast, uh, came out in 2013. I'll put it in the show notes. The next uh, one I wanted to play for you is a version uh, that I came across that is an arrangement. The arrangement here is a little different in that it we took a, again, consider how many parts there were. Three parts for the hands and a fourth part for the pedal. And this arrangement is for solo harpsichord. And this, uh, I sort of came to find this album and this performer uh, in strange ways. I had found another performance featuring violin works by another composer other than Bach, and this gentleman was the harpsichordist in that, and I said, oh, I've never heard of this guy before. Uh, all of the performers seem to be young, new performers. And so that's how I came to know Jean-Luc Ho, who is a French keyboard player, uh, you can find a couple uh, uh, recordings of his online in terms of uh, videos. He participated in the big uh, Bach keyboard, uh, I would call it Bonanza, that's not what they called it in France, but uh, at the Cité de la Musique, they basically had a uh, festival of performing all of Bach's keyboard works, uh, at least on the harpsichord, and he was one of the performers featured along with some of other my favorites that you've heard me talk about. So uh, if you have not seen uh, or search for that on YouTube, I would check it out. I don't know what the legality of it is, why it's on YouTube. Uh, you would think something like that, having been recorded, would be, um, people would pay for it, but that's that's the state of classical music now. We give it away for free. Um, so check that out. This comes from an, uh, an album entitled Image of Melancholy, which happens to be um, one of the tracks. These are is a diverse set of composers. They're not, this is the only uh, track on here, I believe, by Bach. And this is an arrangement for the harpsichord uh, of Nun Komm der Heiden Highland, BWV 659.
feel especially cruel having to, uh, especially in this piece, to have to to cut out and get back to some of the commentary. I really, uh, again, it's a beautiful piece of music. It'd be hard to mess this one up um, with whatever way you want to arrange it. Um, you lose a little bit of the clarity between the parts if that's important to you, and I, um, I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, because I was spoiled and heard other versions of this first before this harpsichord version, uh, I don't know what my brain is doing when I hear this. I would suspect that it's doing something different now that I have a reference that's different than this where I, my brain is kind of picking the, the individual parts apart. And now when I hear this, it's my brain has an easier time of separating. Um, the instrument that Mr. Ho uses, I really think, is a beautiful harpsichord. It's it's not the richest, but um, again, the where Bach wrote this in terms of, of the position in the key um, sits well with with every arrangement. It's a it has this lower um, place on on the keyboard, which is just this, gives a richness to it, and then. When that top voice comes in, even on the harpsichord, it's kind of easy to hear. What you miss, I think, is a little bit of the transparency in the inner parts, especially when you compare it to the one we just listened to previously, which had different instruments on a part. So that um, was another contender for me as a really excellent uh, interpretation of this, an arrangement, if you will. And what I really appreciate about the performance uh, by Mr. Ho was that he did not just play it straight. Uh, he wasn't just reading. He actually is is making it in my ears um, more idiomatic for the instrument it's being performed on. So he's adding some ornaments and things, especially at the beginning there, that's kind of stand out. And like, wait a minute, I didn't hear that in the organ version. No, if you look at the score, you're not going to see that. That's those are details he added to really say, hey, I'm on a harpsichord. I'm gonna I'm gonna do on this instrument what uh, makes sense and what's in the style. Uh, and to me, that makes a, a smart performance and one I can appreciate. Uh, the last version we're going to listen to is, uh, as I normally do, I kind of like to save the best for last. This is yet another arrangement. This album features um, several different pieces that probably don't belong together, but why not? They filled up with some great stuff. So in addition to the opening track, which is B2V 659, we get the three... Uh, Gamba Sonatas, 1027, 28, and 1029 uh, on this release, which probably tells you a little bit about might, who might be playing it. Uh, we get um, a trio for two keyboards and pedal, 528. Um, we get another chorale prelude, 711, uh, 583, and... 649, so a diverse collection. This is performed by Bruno Coxet with Bertrand Cuyer, hope I pronounced that right, and Richard Myron. This came out in 2009 on the Alpha label. The title of the album is simply uh, Chorales and Trios by J.S. Bach. And uh, to me, this is the clear, uh, clear winner um, because it is just so delicious sounding. The texture, that deepness, and having multiple bass instruments 
um, take over the melody. Uh, it just has a richness to it. And what I think lends itself to that is the fact that we're hearing it with organ as part of the ensemble. So I hope you really enjoy this because to me this is one of my... Um, if I were to give you like a top 10 tracks, thinking computery, uh, or if you want to think CDs, top 10 tracks of Bach, uh, this would be one of them. When I heard this, it was just incredible, and it made me dive into learning more about the collection from which this came. And I wanted to be sure to feature it here on BachCast because it's a special piece to me. If you'd like to learn more about this podcast, visit Bieberfan.org, B-I-B-E-R-F-A-N.org. Thanks for listening to episode 35 of BotCast.